Good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Majors Live, episode 333, here on TMSNX Radio, themajors.net. I am Adam Hernandez. With me tonight, as always, Dorf. How are you doing tonight, man? Uh, not too bad yourself? I am doing all right. Um, well, we have the uh, Super Bowl that came and went. Uh, I believe last week we're actually... Um, believe it or not, on par with our score prediction. Yeah. I believe we said it was going to be a two-possession game. Um, less than... Thought, uh, we, we, we predicted by 10 or 11. And yeah. Damn, we, we looked like we had the wrong side for a while. <laughs> we, yeah, it, it did. Uh, it looked like things weren't going um the way i guess we expected it or anybody expected for that matter um up until seven minutes left in the fourth quarter and from there kansas city did what they've always seemed to do um well what they've actually recently have done and that's play comeback the only difference is this time like i said they did it with, like I said, about seven minutes remaining in the game and scored 21 unanswered points in the process, which was pretty remarkable. Considering the fact, too, how good San Francisco's front defensive line is and what they were ultimately able to do throughout most of that game, Dorf, which was pretty much keep uh, Pat Mahomes in check. I mean, it's not like he was going off. I mean, relatively speaking, he was having not the best game up until that point. No, he had, he had thrown a couple picks and and was realist. No big plays, you know, high completion percentage on little dink and dunk stuff, but not a lot of yards after catch. Uh, credit San Francisco defense. They had a they had a good game plan. I just think that Andy Reid finally figured him out um, with you know like seven minutes to go, and that was uh, enough time. That also the defense is out of gas because 49ers offense didn't really do anything in the second half. Um, that they were out there so long that uh, you know uh, Pat Mahomes and crew finally figured him out. Had some big plays and uh, you know scored quickly. Also took advantage of a you know a turnover on downs and stuff like that and plus territory to, to make it worse than it probably would have been had they punted there, but at the same time you know forty nine didn't stop them either and keep them out of the end zone. No, I mean uh, both teams for the most part. I mean their offenses were. I mean it's it, it wasn't one of those games like we saw last year where it was you know a complete snooze fest between. Uh, the um, Patriots and the and the Rams, which was a huge surprise nonetheless. But um, mm-hmm. not only that, when it comes to Kansas City and what they're able to do, I mean, the turning point really in that game was uh, was Pat Mahomes converting a third and fifteen on really his first big play of the day, which was that what like 44, 45 yard bomb. Yeah, to, deep cross to Tyreek Hill, yeah, which, to, by the way, he horrendously underthrew him, too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. Horrendous underthrow. I mean, it's still a huge play. Hit 
Ty- well, I mean, honestly, if you hit Tyreek Hill in stride, he's probably out of bounds. But, um, <laughs> I mean, if you if you lead him further outfield, that's not just a forty four yard gain. That's a that's a touchdown with no one within fifteen yards. Yeah, but the, 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 and the thing is too, when it came to, I mean, yes, we said that Pat Mahomes didn't have a good game again. Relatively speaking, to what Pat Mahomes, so, so not, well, I mean, at the same time, you know, relative to the standard he set for himself, exactly. I mean, he still did win, you know, season MVP and game MVP there in the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, despite you know, if you if you take his name off of it and look at, you know, yes, he won a, a you know, led a ten multi score fourth quarter comeback in the Super Bowl. That's probably going to get you an MVP, even if you threw four picks leading up to it that day. Um, yeah, I mean, just it, it was just kind of a eh, game overall. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, if just by stat sheet alone, it was just kind of eh. But at the same time, he was big when it mattered. He was big when it mattered. And it seemed like when, you know, Andy Reid called on Pat Mahomes to get something done, he got it done. And Andy Reid wasn't holding back either. I mean, Andy Reid had uh, some balls of steel that game. Um, going for those... Uh, I mean, what was it? A, a a fourth and goal? Or was it a fourth and goal? But he was going for uh, it. No, it was, it was fourth and one. Fourth and in one. like the seven. Yeah, and he was, and like I said, I mean, it, it goes both ways. I mean, Andy Reid, balls of steel, calling on Pat Mahomes to get something done, and Pat Mahomes does it. Again, still, Pat Mahomes didn't have the best game, relatively speaking, but still, when push came to shove with Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes was able to come through and obviously ultimately uh, win that game. Um, On the flip side of things here, the Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan thing, I mean, it was really kind of a tale of two quarter or two halves for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Looked good in the first half, looked like dog shit in the second. And then there were plenty of question marks uh, surrounding Kyle Shanahan and his coaching, um, whether it be letting that, you know, his, his time management at the end of the first half um, to not utilizing the run as much as he could have in the second half when you had that 10-point lead. Um, I know all of the uh, the pundits out there, all the, um, you know, the are asking, you know, who is more to blame based on, you know, San Francisco blowing a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter? Is it Jimmy Garoppolo or is it uh, or is it Kyle Shanahan? What do you think, Dorf? Um, I think, quite honestly, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have the targets. You know, he has the offensive line to do this, but he doesn't have the offensive weaponry to when the team knows you have to pass. That Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback of Jimmy Garoppolo's talents, is going to be be able to sit back there and pick people apart when everybody knows it's coming. Mm-hmm. He's not that guy. He doesn't have that elite arm strength and you know elite mental game to make that happen. Um, he's a I hate the stereotype game manager, but he you know, he's not an elite quarterback. He's just not. Um, you no, know, the a, no, Niners a... have an elite running game, and yeah. they've done really well. Uh, moving the ball with big chunks off play action. Well, when it's the end of the game and no one and everybody knows you ain't gonna run. I'm sorry, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is that's just not in his toolkit. It never has been, and that's that's fine. You can still win in this game with that toolkit. It's just 
you need to be playing with leads. You can't be trying to come back from behind or, you know, you can't really run out the clock either. You're going to have to, you know, get ahead and stay ahead and, you know, not necessarily take your foot off the gas and try and hold a dynamic offense. Arguably the most dynamic offense that you've seen in the history of the league. And I fully think that that's the case. Even, you know, even say, you know, some of the other great offenses like the greatest show on turf. Um, this team is probably better. Um, you're not going to – 10 points is nothing, as they, especially as you see throughout the playoffs. This Chiefs team came back from 24 down in one game. They came back from 21 down in another. Like, I'm sorry, 10 is, 10 is nothing. Even if there was like six minutes – you know, five, six minutes to go, needing two scores, that's still very, very doable with the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Yeah, and like we talked about last week too, Dorf, um, yes, San Francisco has a – very good defensive line, and they showed that. Um, God damn, Nick Bosa is good. Yeah, in that game. <laughs> but the thing is, though, is when we mentioned it, is they have trouble in the secondary, and we saw Richard Sherman get burned on more than one occasion. And you're absolutely right. A ten point lead, especially when you're when you're talking about Pat Mahomes, Tyree Kill. And everything Kansas City has to offer, yeah, that is that isn't a lot. I mean, it's 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 not. And 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 when we're talking about this, um, Jimmy Garoppolo and that offense, I don't want to say they have to be perfect, but they but but you need to put together a complete game if you're going to beat the Kansas if you're going to beat Kansas City in this sense. Um, so that's and that's and that's just the fact of the matter. I mean, yeah, um, I agree with you as well. Jimmy Garoppolo, although he's a very good quarterback, he's not an elite quarterback, like you mentioned. Um, he's not a guy that's going to go out there and win games essentially by himself. He's not Tom Brady. He's not. Uh, he, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Drew Brees. He's not any one of those guys who can go out there win games on their own. With, with lesser talent around them. Jimmy Garoppolo, like, and I, I hate to say this, but it's it's absolutely true. He does need help. He needs help other than a running game. He needs some targets, and that's that's I just mean, the fact of the George matter. George Kittle's no slouch. No, he's Emo not. Samuel's a nice gadget player, and Emmanuel Sanders is a nice number two. But fortunately, unfortunately for the 49ers, they don't have that guy that, you know, everybody knows where the ball is going, and you can throw it to him. He's gonna he's gonna beat an elite corner anyway. They don't have that guy, and unfortunately, you need that guy in clutch situations in a you know a Jimmy Garoppolo led offense. You just you're not gonna he's not gonna throw guys open. He's not gonna make like stellar you know mental decisions, and he's not a threat to run. So like there's just no secondary characteristic there outside of those just basic game management stuff. And, and quite frankly, they hit him throughout the playoffs. Yeah, and he threw and, the ball seventeen times in the victory. He threw one in, in the in the conference championship game. He threw the ball nine times. That's it. Like this guy's that threw nine times in a drive. Yeah, like, and and when you and when you look at it too, I mean, I mean, what Kansas City has it's 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 an embarrassment of riches when you have Pat Mahomes, Tyree Kill, and then Sammy Watkins is your number two. 
who quite, hon- yeah, quite honestly, just the way they kind of rotate things, Sammy Watkins almost is a functionally their number three. Yeah. And Sammy Watkins was the one who ended up burning. And I know Richard Sherman isn't the guy he used to be, but Sammy Watkins was the guy that ended up burning Richard Sherman. So it's, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was heavily weighted when it comes to, when it comes to, when it comes to that offense and what, you know, ultimately Jimmy Garoppolo is able to do with his, with, with what he has and what uh, Pat Mahomes is able to do with it. Yeah. So, um, moving on though, when it comes to next season, I know the big, I know the big comparisons that are going to be made is is Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Pat Mahomes, who won the MVP in the Super Bowl, won is won himself a Super Bowl to Lamar Jackson, who is now the reigning um, MVP of the league. Uh, what do you think, Dorf? Who who would you rather have? Who is your guy going forward? Is it oh, Pat God. Mahomes or, My- or is it Lamar Jackson? I, without hesitation, it's Pat Mahomes. Um, I think Pat Mahomes' game will last longer as you know their physical bodies change. Okay. Lamar Jackson is a definitely more dynamic runner. He's faster in short spaces. He's got more twitch. He probably has more straight line speed. But as you know, legs start to fade and they become veteran wily quarterbacks. You don't look, you know not that either one. Not that Pat Mahomes ever really runs on designed runs outside of like goal line gadget plays. Mm-hmm. Um, as that becomes no longer a viable option in a game plan to have designed runs for like a Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes' arm talent is leaps and bounds ahead, and it probably always will be. For that reason, I, I, I don't even think there's a discussion to be had here. It's Pat Mahomes all day, every day. Yeah, I mean, could you see... Uh, Lamar Jackson, kind of the, you know, the, I don't want to say hype, but the excitement around him kind of fading. Well, he's damn dynamic. It's it's not going to fade for a couple more years, but at the same time, Lamar Jackson, when you can play safeties at 20 yards and, you know, coverage where you don't have to account for him as a runner on every play is incredibly mediocre. Mm-hmm. You can't do that right now, which because of his legs and you, you so you can't do that. But once that becomes reality, that that's what you'll be able to do as a defense, which kind of is the way the teams treat Pat Mahomes now. Cause he doesn't look to run first. Well, not necessarily first, but quickly. Um, I, I, there's just no comparison here. Pat Mahomes is going to be is a better quarterback now and a better quarterback later. Yeah, it's it's a good point um, because we've certainly seen it. We've certainly seen quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, and I mean again, Lamar Jackson. I think really proved a lot of doubters wrong this past season who believed that he was only. He, he didn't have an arm. He could only run, yada, 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 yada. I think he, he proved those doubters wrong. And and, and it, the guy won an MVP. So I, yeah, I the, guy, the, the arm was a lot better between one and year one and year two. Yeah. The arm is still nowhere near the upper third of the league. No, and I think, but, but still, this is a guy who has staying power as a legit quarterback in the NFL. But we've seen this before with, with guys who were 
who, who had that speed, who had that threat to run, but just kind of fell off because they didn't have, they didn't have the, you know, that, that added oomph when it comes to their arm strength, um, going forward in their career. So again, that's not to say that, that Lamar Jackson isn't going to win a Super Bowl. He's not going to have any success with, with, with the Baltimore Ravens moving forward. But I certainly see your point when it comes to well, I mean, you look comparing at, the two. Wait, Mike Vick, you know, is, was just as dynamic as Lamar Jackson with his legs at the same point in their careers. Mm-hmm. What gave Mike Vick a little bit more staying power and got him a job again after he got, got out of prison mm-hmm. was the dude not only had legs, he had an absolute cannon. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the most pinpoint accurate, but God damn, could he throw a deep ball. And with that in mind, you can you can with a be able to run a little bit and that cannon for an arm attached to it, that gave Mike Vick staying power into his late thirties. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, I don't he hasn't convinced me that he has that yet. And the jury he doesn't he's not the he's I you know, you could see, you know, the the biggest cannon for an arm that I've ever seen coming you know, into a play pro quarterback is Jamarcus Russell. That dude was terrible. But at the same time, <laughs> What gave Mike Vick that staying power is he developed his arm when the legs started to fade, and that's what, like I said, that's what got him a job again after he got out of prison. Um, I, you know, that something is that's something that Lamar will have to do, and I'm just not convinced it's there, and he has the ability to do that. Is he going to be great for the next three or four years? Absolutely. Is he going to have a 15, 20 year career? Eh, I don't think so. And the jury's still out too. Obviously, we can be wrong. I mean, the NFL is it's it's a league that has really seemed to transition itself and really come to adapt the you know the dual threat quarterback more so than I thought they would. I thought if you're a dual threat quarterback or running quarterback coming out of college, then you weren't going to find any success in the NFL. That has certainly changed, and I was wrong. So. Um, well, he, yeah, uh, never mind. I got, I got another brief aside here if, before we move on to our next topic. Okay. Is the Madden, is the Madden curse finally put to bed? Pat Mahomes was a cover athlete this year. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he, I think he could finally put the I Madden curse. Yeah, the, you know, Calvin Johnson had, the you know, set the single season record for receiving yards, I think. Uh, the, he was on the cover. Um Tom Brady had a good year the year before that. You know, he won a Super Bowl the year before that. Is you know, it's the recent trend here of cover athletes having damn good years. Uh, maybe you want the Madden curse is finally over. Yeah, maybe you want to be on the Madden cover now. <laughs> so, um, I mean, at the same time, the Madden cover also was a joke as recently as like four or five years. Uh, I don't know, it was like five or six years ago at this point. Peyton Hillis was on the Madden cover, like fourteen. Oh my God. Peyton Hillis, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Um, Peyton Hillis, the people's back. Yeah. Um, one last they thing. He quit the NFL when he was, you know, he had one good year and then quit to join the Navy SEALs. I don't know if he actually did, but that's oh, really? why he did. Is that why he quit? Join the I'm Navy SEALs? I'm pretty Seal? sure. Huh. Well, one last thing when it comes to uh, when it comes to the Super Bowl this, you know, last weekend and just going forward with things. But Kansas City obviously looks very, very good. Um moving forward with what they have, but are they, are, are they what we, you know, everything that we thought 
maybe, or some people thought maybe, because you certainly weren't, Dorf. You kind of saw through um, the Los Angeles Rams when they were having their success last season up until they laid that, you know, that dud in the Super Bowl. And even this season when they failed to make the playoffs. Um, is Kansas City the team that we thought the Los Angeles Rams would be when it comes to that that more sustainable success over the course of more I than just one the, or two years? The Chiefs actually do have some sustainable success. They've got some very good value for several more years on their defense. They offensive line still performed well enough despite a myriad of injuries throughout the season. I do think they need a new left tackle soon. Eric Fisher is bottom third in the league. He's, he's just not good. They're going to have to invest early in the left tackle. Um, they have extremely good value at running back. Uh, um, I forget what his name is here. They're, they're starting. Damian Williams there, I think, is making $4 million per, which is cheap for a veteran back. Um, who does, you know, he's no, by no means elite, but he does exactly what he, they need him to, and he's reliable, uh, doesn't fumble it. Uh, that's exactly that uh, all that Kansas City asked of him. Um, and Tyree Kill's locked up. I think Sammy Watkins, in the grand scheme of things, is fairly replaceable. And I think Travis Kelsey's under contract for a couple more years as well. I think they've got some staying power here. They own all their draft picks. Uh, as far as I can, as far as I can remember, I think they have, and I think they have some money to spend too. So I think that they have they have pretty good staying power here. The Rams blew their load and got in some bad contracts. Jared Goff's contract looks absolutely terrible. Oh, and oh, the other thing is you can spend one more time in free agency if you're the Kansas City Chiefs because guess what? Pat Mahomes hasn't got paid yet. You don't have to pay him for another year if you don't want to. Yeah, you really don't have to pay him for two. Quite frankly, I think that would be a strategic mistake to not pay him this offseason because not only has he won an MVP on his rookie contract, he got you a Super Bowl ring, and the last thing you want to do is have a bitter quarterback the first time you have to negotiate a big deal with him. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think you you don't pay him forty million per, but I would walk at thirty six or thirty seven, and I'd get it done right away. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly seems like. Um... I mean, Six or seven-year deal, 36, 37 per. And Pat Mahomes has been good since he's gotten the job, too. I mean, it's not like he had you know any type of growing pains or anything like that. Um, Pat Mahomes has looked good from the very beginning. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Um, moving on, though. Big trade last night in Major League Baseball. It was actually a three-team deal between the Red Sox Dodgers and and the Minnesota Twins. But uh-huh. you had Mookie Betts, arguably the best player in baseball, and David Price get, sh- get shipped to the Los Angeles Dodgers for a package of, of, of players heading back to Boston. And um, uh, the Twins also were in on that as well. Yep. But... Um, Obviously, Dorf, this is something that was kind of transpiring for a couple of weeks now. It really came down to the Dodgers and the San Diego Padres and and who would 
you know, end up, uh, you know, coming up with the package to acquire a guy like Mookie Betts, who is, I believe, second in war to um, to Mike Trout since the start of the 2016 season. Um, Betts is at 33.8 and um, Mike Trout's at 35.5. Um, Mookie Betts uh, leads all players with 98 defensive runs saved as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, ultimately speaking here, would it make sense? Is, is, is it, is it foregone conclusion? Is it, is it, is there any doubt that the Los Angeles Dodgers did win this trade, even though they had to take on a contract like David Price as well? Um, they, David Price will be in their rotation. Yes, he will. I, I, the Boston Red Sox are also paying half of David Price's salary. So you've got David Price at 10 or $12 million a year. You have Mookie Betts effectively as a one-year rental at $27 million. You gave up Kenta Maeda, who's been your fifth starter slash bullpen guy the last couple of years. It's a wash. Alex Verdugo, who was getting bumped for Mookie Betts anyway. And uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and really what, um, I mean, what the Dodgers were able to do was just, you know. Just and the cause... Dodgers are going to have the payroll flexibility to pay the guy in the offseason. Justin Turner's up at the end of next year. Um, Bellinger still hasn't gotten paid yet. Um, you've gotten my, Maeda was cheap, but long term. Uh, I, I would have to look at their exact contract situation again, but they're going to have money to pay him. And the They'll thing, be able to, if they want to, if Mookie wants to be back, he will be able to get a thirty-five, forty million dollar annual contract from those guys if they're willing to have him. And, and I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna bump this topic up because I I was gonna ask too if Boston can lure Mookie back to the Red Sox when he is a free agent. Um, money, 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 baby. I honestly think that uh, there is no loyalty anymore, and nor should there be for professional athletes. Whoever gives them, especially on their first big payday, mm-hmm. there should be no loyalty in that. Um, the second, you know, whoever gives you the best financial offer, you got to go. And it doesn't matter if, you know, the Kansas City Royals are the best, your best offer. You go get paid, man. The thing is, too, Dorf, is this is, I mean, and we've we've witnessed it firsthand as as fans of the Detroit Tigers, but this is a result of some just some bad contract maneuvering by Dave Dombrowski, which just goes to show that you know Dave Dombrowski's no longer in Boston anymore. Fired what a year after he won the World Season. Yes, they less did. Less than a full season. Yeah, yeah, less than a full season. Yes, they did win a World Series, but there's some bad contracts though that 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 Dave orchestrated with that team. Um, yeah, you gave eighty million dollars guaranteed to Nita Faldi, who's been like spent significant time on the disabled list five of his seven big league years. Yep. Like, oops. Exactly, and all of this, all of that, eventually transpired to you having to give up on Mookie Betts because right now, um, 
the Boston the Red Sox got worse. No, no questions asked. I mean, they didn't have an abundance of starting pitching depth to begin with. No, they didn't. So now you're David Price was probably your best starter last year. I mean, it's him or Eduardo Rodriguez. Those one of those two is your best starter. So you give up your best starter and your best player period for quote payroll flexibility. Mm-hmm. How many wins above replacement is payroll flexibility worth? <laughs> Uh, it, it, none. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 so quite, quite honestly, the, the Boston Red Sox probably just traded eight or nine wins away and thing, got back into return Alex Verdugo, which he might be a three-win player. And the thing is, too, is um, Jeff Bassan, I think it was on today or yesterday, or it was today, actually, because the trade happened last night. Um, he was on the Dan Lebetard show today and he was discussing this and I mean he made a I mean he made a good point regarding Mookie Betts and and just the whole I don't know if it's a surprise or anything like that considering the Boston Red Sox were a team that you would figure would be able to pay for a guy like Mookie Betts big um you no, know. they have the money they're just being cheap well i they i mean they want to get below the luxury tax i think they're at that oh, point boo-hoo. right now. but the thing is though dorf is and this is what jeff passan was saying is that even with mookie Betts on the roster you're still not better than the new york yankees or the tampa bay rays eh, i don't know about tampa but yankees for show yeah, so I mean, at at this point right now, what is what is really the point of keeping him on? Especially considering. Oh, by the way, considering. Oh, yeah. The other thing is Boston, or the uh, excuse me, the Astros actually hired their general manager. How many straight off seasons is the Tampa Bay front office going to get pillaged for brain power? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, small market club, zero support from the fans. Again, not 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 a total shocker there, but what, again, though, I mean, I I, th- I think that's I think that's a good point though from Jeff Passan. I mean, you weren't winning anything with Mookie on the roster. You weren't the best team in your division with Mookie on the roster, and I, I just I mean, you run the real risk of losing the guy for nothing after the season. So why not why not do it now? It sucks. It sucks that it would it had it had to come down to this. I mean, yes, you got a World Series out of it, but still, you lose arguably what your best player in since Ted Williams. <laughs> uh, by like wins above replacement, probably. I mean, that's. I mean, it, you you would you'd have a hard time saying who was like a better player for him and like. David Ortiz in this prime. Well, I mean, Mookie Betts is a is a, is a complete a, player. Yeah, yeah, he's a complete player. And I, yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. But, yeah, I, you you understand where I'm coming from, but yes, Mookie Betts is is a better player. But it's a tough pill to swallow if you're a Red Sox fan. It is. It's it sucks. Um, but I'm gonna I I. Again, I'm going to have a hard time feeling sorry for Red Sox fan, especially considering you just won a World Series, and you seem to do that every three years. So, um, a couple of other things on this: Will David Price be able to find any uh, any rejuvenated success 
with the Dodgers. He was fine last year. I don't understand why, you know, in the he had a sub four year in the AL East. He was mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> How is that gonna transition to the Dodgers? They'll probably have a sub three ERA in Dodgers. <laughs> and finally, why won't the Dodgers win the World Series? because uh, the Yankees are better. <laughs> is that is 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 that all it comes down to? Um no, it's I mean because there's just, there's still I, here, some here's one big risk here. Clayton Kershaw, yes. based on his playoff performance, yes. yes. May he may be done. Not like can't get outs at the big league level anymore, but oh boy, he ain't making it deep in the games. I want to say being a guy you can't depend on going out and getting you a win every uh, fifth day or even Clayton every. Kershaw, I'm fully expecting a ERA somewhere between four and a half and five this year. Low strikeout numbers, and all of a sudden he's incredibly hittable. Is he hurt? I think there's just too many, too much wear on the tires, too much. No, not a tread left. I think it's just as pure as, you know, he's had a, over a decade of dominance, and I think it's just father time. Oh, I don't man. think he's hurt. I think it's just, you know, the human shoulder ain't meant to throw overhand, period, and let alone as much as he has. So I think he's maybe done. I think Dusty Baker's not his manager. <laughs> well, he's not, a bullpen, he's not a bullpen guy, so he's probably okay. Yeah. Um all right. Uh, moving on, though. I again, I think I yeah, the Yankees are still better than the Dodgers, so I'll agree with you there. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are real questions about uh, about Clayton Kershaw at the end of last season, and those are only going to continue to. It's not like the guys get any younger too. So, um, Pete Rose today, Dorf has asked Major League Baseball for reinstatement. After what happened with the Astros, after the Astros cheating scandal or spying scandal, whatever it is you want to call it, uh, Rose, as we know, is currently in the midst of a lifetime ban um, for what we know is betting on baseball. I know this is going to be a continued point of discussion every so often amongst baseball fans and whatever up until Pete Rose dies and he's eventually let back in baseball and put in the hall of fame. Well, I think it was, I forget what it was. Somebody said death won't exonerate him or something like that. Um, Pete Rose should be in the hall of fame. Doesn't matter if he was a scumbag and got in baseball. I was the player. It was so damn good. He was. It, this isn't even like borderline Hall of Very Good versus Hall of Fame. Pete Rose is head and shoulders above two thirds of the guys in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It, it, At least. And in, in baseball, go, go ahead, Dorf. And the other thing is the steroid guys, the guys synonymous with the steroid era, are starting to get close. Are mm-hmm. starting to get in. As soon as you see Clemens Bonds. McGuire take the rightful place in Cooperstown. Yes, rightful. I said that. <laughs> I, I, I'm, Pete Rose, I hope, will not be far behind them. I hope not, too. And you, and, and I mean, he has a point in, in, in all of this as well. I, it's, I mean, what we've seen in baseball, whether it be the, the steroid thing or 
this this latest thing with the Astros. I mean, when it comes down to it, are you going to keep Justin Verlander out of the Hall of Fame because of no. him being associated with the Astros when he won his World Series? Um, not to not that I think he's going to end up going in as an Astro. I think he's going to end up going in as a Tiger, but. Same goes for a guy like Jose Altuve. I mean, is Jose Altuve going to be kept out of the Hall of Fame? Which I think he will be in, but is Jose Altuve going to be kept out of the Hall of Fame because of his association association with the Astros? I don't think so. Um, and Jose it, Altuve better pick up the pace if he wants to make it to the Hall of Fame. He's he's trending, in my opinion. He'll be just short. Do you think so? Is that yes. a, is that a short joke? <laughs> eh, it wasn't, but it is now. <laughs> but yeah, I think he's he's gonna come up just a bit short. But no, um, I don't know. Then they're sending him to to replace short with. Um, <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah, we're gonna to, sorry, Altuve. We're gonna have to go with short here. But uh, I don't know. Um, I just I I like I said. I think Pete Rose has a point. I think there's been too many. There's been too many instances in baseball since his his you know betting scandal that you have to put the guy in. You have to considering what he's done. Like you said, Dorf, he's not a fringe guy. He's he's none of that. He is a guy that is uh, arguably the greatest hitter that the game has ever seen. And it's at this point right now, it is it is really criminal not to have him in. Baseball needs to swallow its pride. I mean, um, you're, you're you have a potential scenario where four of the best five hitters in the you know that are currently retired that have played in my lifetime will never make it to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Pete Rose, whether you like him or not, A Rod. He's had over three thousand hits. He's fourth all time in homers. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Um, I, Mark McGuire was one of the best, you know, home run guys. And, you know, Sammy Sosa, despite, you know, his steroid use, he was also over, you know, over, a, you know, milestone mark in home runs. You know, you've, you've got guys like that that will not be in the Hall of Fame despite their, their massive credentials because, quite frankly, baseball writers have a stick up their ass. You know what sucks, too, about the steroid thing? And I know this thing has been beaten to death. The steroids... Steroids don't they don't make you a better baseball player. Uh, they 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 don't hurt, but at the same and time, like oh, all these hitters are on it. Well, so are the guys trying to get them out. Yeah, you still need, and but you still need you still need you know incredible skill in order to go up there and hit a baseball. You know, I mean, it's 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 probably the hardest thing to do in professional sports is go up there and hit a baseball off a guy who throws in the high nineties. It's not it's not an easy thing to do. So it's just ridiculous. I mean the thing though that gets me about baseball and a reason why, yeah, Pete Rose may never be in the Hall of Fame is the fact that a guy like uh Shoeless Joe Jackson is in the Hall of Fame when you go and look at the evidence supporting the fact that he wasn't involved in that Black Sox scandal and he still isn't in the Hall of Fame. And I know that happened in the early nineteen hundreds. But but still, I mean, baseball wasn't able to swallow their pride over that. At this point, he'll probably never get in. And it's and again, that's all despite evidence 
supporting the fact that he had nothing to do with 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 what happened um, on that uh, on that White Sox team, which is it's 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 sad. It's it's dumb. It's it's just it's just baseball being what it always tends to be is just a curmudgeon, stubborn game uh, with curmudgeon, stubborn writers who are associated with it. Well, I mean, it's the it's it's the writers association. Unfortunately, until that club turns over. Some of their sticks in the mud. Yeah. You're not going to have, you know, the people aren't going to analyze things on the player and the player alone on the field. It's going to be, oh, well, that guy was a dick to me in the clubhouse, <laughs> so he's not going to go in the. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's true. It's Anyways, Dorf, bitches and badasses tonight. Um, first one of the uh, of the year. We didn't have one last week, but um, do you have a couple, or do you want me to go first? You go ahead. Okay. Um, my badass of the week is Andy Reid. Um, won his first Super Bowl. I yet to figure that is a guy that has a huge, huge weight lifted off of his shoulders. Um, I love what he said, too, how he's going to go out and get the biggest cheeseburger after the game um so congratulations to andy reed good to see him finally um finally win the big one there and uh get his super bowl after um i forget which one it was but uh he had all those good philadelphia teams that never that never were able never to get, could over, get over the hump never could get over the hump they made it one year uh but unfortunately they were going up against tom brady and the patriots so um, no shame in losing that one, but yeah, he's always had those teams in Philly that just were very, very good, but they just, uh, they just couldn't get it done in the, in the, in the playoffs. So, um, anything Dorf? Um, uh, my man is, this week is going to be Patrick Mahomes. I think only because like, as we discussed earlier, he's broken, officially broken. The Madden curse it is over, it is over and that is okay. <laughs> All right, um, my bitch this week is going to be the XFL, which starts on Saturday. And yes, really, I know they haven't even um, they haven't even played a snap yet. They haven't even played a snap yet. But you know what, Dorf? The thing with the XFL, um, yeah, I, I like some of the steps they've taken to shed themselves of the of of, of the gimmicks that just made them kind of laughable back in the early 2000s. The thing, though, with the XFL, and this isn't so much a thing that has happened this week or last week or this year, for that matter, it's the steps that they've taken to really kind of go to battle in some sense with the NFL, preventing teams from negotiating, preventing NFL teams from negotiating with some of their players after they've signed contracts with XFL teams. Um, I know the Lions um, were one team in particular. I can't remember the guy's name who tried to go and... um, He was a quarterback. Yeah, he was a quarterback. Who they actually signed and they wanted to re-sign him again because he obviously had some familiarity with their playbook. But anyways... um, Instead, they grabbed a guy off the Bengals practice squad. Exactly. (laughs) But they were blocking the NFL from, from, you know 
signing these guys. And to me, something you don't want to do if you're a professional football league not named the NFL in the United States is actively try to undermine or, in some sense, go to battle with the NFL in the United States. Uh, I think if the XFL was smart, they would do anything that they possibly could to try to get in the good graces of the NFL. And I hate saying that because I think the NFL has 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 really shown their true colors in kind of being a, a, a dirtbag league run by dirtbag people. But if the XFL has any sustainability as an second-tier professional football league in the United States, they have to find some type... They have to... They have to develop some kind of relationship with the NFL. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Not I don't understand not allowing guys at this point in the year right now to sign like futures deals in the middle of the season. But at the same time, like let a guy go play uh, play out the rest of the regular season, come join his other club for the uh, XFL season. Um, and quite frankly, I think with the bridge that could the, the gap that. The bridge that could cover, cross that divide there could be the NFLPA. It may be, you know, setting up a, another bargaining unit uh, for the XFL players here soon. I think the reason that, that the NFLPA really hasn't gotten involved with those guys yet and tried to establish another bargaining unit is they think it's going to be another, um, God, what was that football league they made like six weeks this Alliance year? Alliance of American Football? Yeah, the AAF. Uh, it's going to shut down after six weeks, and they don't want to do all that work and spend all that money to get that stuff off the ground for the last six weeks. Uh-huh. So until it shows some staying power, I, I, you know, the NFLPA isn't the greatest organization in the world, but they could be what bridges that divide, uh, which could allow guys to flow back and forth relatively easily. And should the Alliance for American Football had some type of you know, loose association. Oh, no, well, like the NFL, it said right in, like, in their CBA. Or, not that they had a CBA because there was no bargaining unit or whatever, but right in the rules, like, if, if you get an NFL contract, you're allowed to go. Go. Yeah. And they were on the NFL Network, too. The NFL Network carried their games. For free, though. Oh, was it for free? <laughs> they, yeah, the AAF didn't get a cent for that. The NFL Network just carried it, for, didn't have to pay a dollar for the rights. Oh, really? Yep. Well, that's excellent. why. There was no TV money. The ratings were great, but they didn't get any of that money. XFL is on Fox, I believe. So um, that's a plus for them. Uh, it's just... Well, it's because Vince McMahon has that relationship with Fox yeah. where he can walk in and be like, all right, bitch, we're going to split this 50-50. Let's go. And that's, and, that's something, and that's something that the XFL has really always kind of had based on who was running the show and Vince McMahon. I mean, he's always been able to, I mean, it, and it's all of it's based off of what his wrestling promotion, the WWE was able to do as far as their television contracts. Um, I believe the old XFL, I want to say was on NBC based on that relationship that Vince McMahon um, had with NBC, which he still does have in some respect, considering uh, Monday Night Raw is on USA, which I believe is owned by They NBC. do stuff on Fox all the time, too. Well, it's well, FS1 usually, but they do stuff there all the time. Well, SmackDown is on Fox, so that's where that relationship comes from with that. And it's and it's new, it's fresh, and it's, you know, Fox was 
you know, put professional wrestling on their main channel. They're not on some secondary channel like FX or, you know, something like that. So I on television. Yeah, exactly. That's a CBS property, but (laughs) exactly. I mean, I I mean, gun to my head is, is the XFL going to make it? No. Um, Are they doing themselves any favors by trying to shut out contracts, shut out players from, you know, going back and forth between the NFL and, and the XFL? No. And it's not, and I see And I see what you're saying, Dorf about, not allowing players well, to do it set at this up some point. Sort in. of like a uh, purchasing system. Whereas I, if a guy goes, he has to. There's a there's a buyout. The I, NFL team has to pay a buyout. I, I completely agree. And and when they were shutting down players from you know negotiating with the NFL, it's not like it happened this week or last week. Which, like I said, I agree with you. If it's at this point in the season, it's probably it's too late considering the the, the XFL starts this this Saturday. This was last year. This was late last year. Um, plenty of time for guys to, you know, uh, or plenty of time for these teams to, you know, do both or them to go out and fill the void. But um, XFL, I think, is going to uh, regret, you know, taking these early steps in in in, in doing what they've done with with their rosters and, and blocking guys from negotiating with NFL teams. Um, and believe me, I would love to see a, a, a an offshoot football league actually be successful in the United States. Um, unfortunately, I think that uh, the XFL is, is take, they're taking the wrong steps in doing this. So, um, other than that, Dorf, do you have anything else tonight? Um, we gotta do it, bitches. Uh, oh, you're a bitch. Still. Yeah, you're a bitch. Yeah, my bitch. Um, it's gonna be. Former Michigan State football coach Mark Antonio. He's your bitch. Um, yeah. Okay. Quitting the day before signing day. If this was really the way you felt, you should have left uh, after the bowl game. You negotiate that transition. If you really love the university as much as you say you do, you negotiate that transition in time to get a, a candidate that's worth the in- institution. You still get your buyout. Everybody, you know, your, it's not your buyout, your bonus. Everybody's happy. You get to hire a new AD on, or a new AD, AD gets to hire a new head coach on the right schedule. You don't leave, you know, your team, you fucked them. Signing day was today, and you did this yesterday afternoon. Oh, my God, you absolute moron. I mean, this team is prepared. They're preparing and lining up that either they're going to have to grab an NFL guy or the uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, who's been that assistance on that staff, Oh, I'm going to have to run the show this year. Oh, my God. That's, that sounds terrible. Um, right now, the... Acting head coach is Mike Trussell. And the guy that um, is rumored to be going to Michigan State, or the guy you know at the top of the list, it seems like, is Luke Fickle, uh, um, who is the head Interesting coach note on that. He was on uh, Sirius XM uh, College Sports Radio today. Apparently, Michigan State hasn't called him. Yeah, that's what he said. And of course, though, that, I mean, that may be. That could be a lie. I mean, it could be a lie. Very well could be a lie that, you know, he doesn't want to disclose anything. And plus, I mean, he's in a situation, too, right now where, you know, saying something like that, oh, yeah, they've talked to me and or they've called me. Yeah, gonna... then guess what? All his, his recruits that haven't signed yet in Cincinnati run. Exactly. Um, 
I mean, yeah, Luke Fickle is a guy that uh, I think um, would be, I think he'd be good at Michigan State. He is, yeah. I mean, he's, I, 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 I don't know. I, th- I think Luke Fickle's probably come a long way since his interim status at, at Ohio State, which ironically enough was the last time Michigan beat Ohio State <laughs> during the season. Um, also the last time Ohio State didn't win, I think, 11 games in a year. Yeah, that was right after the uh, the Jim Trussell um, blow Golden up there. Gate. Yep. Um, like I, I said, back the bricks truck up for uh, for PJ Flack, but that's probably not going to happen either. Uh, Minnesota already did that this off season. Good luck with that. <laughs> and I think I think it was Tony um, Tony Paul on Twitter who said that um, there's a ten million dollar buyout for. PJ Black, which would have to be essentially paid for by Michigan State. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, that would be great. I'd love to see PJ Fleck um, come back to the state of Michigan and uh, and take over Michigan State. I, yeah, I don't, I don't see that. No, I, quite honestly, I want a non-traditional guy. I want somebody on the NFL. I know that the association with the defensive coordinator for 49ers, Robert Sala, is a little flimsy. Yeah, he was a GA at Michigan State in the early 2000s. Um, he's from Dearborn. Oh, is he? Uh, yeah, he's from Dearborn. Um, but at the same time, the dude's getting NFL head coaching at jobs, interviews. Like, why would you go to Michigan State? A team that's what, like two or three uh, years away? You know, mid tier. You know, quite honestly, at this point, that job it's a mid tier Big Ten job. I, I, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving a DC role for a mid tier Big Ten job. No, unless of course he probably makes you know million million and a quarter as a defensive coordinator. He'd probably get three or four million as a head coach, first time head coach at the college level, and a, and a lot cheaper place to live. If that's what you want to do, fine. But at the same time. I don't know. It's up to you. Um, I would want them to see, personally, as a, as a fan of the program, I would love to see them go kind of a non-traditional route. I want them to hire somebody with ties to the university who's never coached before. Drew Stanton! Okay. For head coach. <laughs> Quite frankly, all the, all the scuttlebutt you hear about him um, going around the, the NFL about like how great of like a essentially second quarterback coach he is and how great of a offense like the dude's physical talent hasn't kept him in the league for as long as it has let's put it that way he, he's got to got to have a good brain on him <laughs> and and he and he's not gonna i mean it's not like he's gonna be a starter at this no. point uh, at this i you know at the same time you know he'll make more money as an nfl or as a division one head coach than he would as a backup quarterback and he doesn't have to. He'll, he'll still get to hold a clipboard. <laughs> he won't have to get hit. <laughs> and he gets to call the shots too. Yep. <laughs> so I, I would love seeing something like that, or you know, plucking a, a, you know, you know, Kellen Moore is still being retained technically as the coordinator in Dallas, mm-hmm. even though uh, under a new head coach. I wouldn't mind see plucking a guy like him or something like that. I want a young guy who played on the offensive side of the ball. And is under forty. I, I want that kind of guy, you know. If, if you know to lead Michigan State going forward, because the old timey three yards in the cloud of dust defense wins championships bullshit 
which isn't true anymore in the college game. Um, elite offenses win championships. I, I want to see somebody who is on that same wavelength leading this program going forward. Uh, and unfortunately, there is nobody in-house. So there is no traditional next man up. There's not a Cliff Kingsbury waiting in the, in the wings there uh, or you know, Lincoln Riley or anything like that. So with that in mind, I, I think I need to go try and find one and take a, you know, a big swing, per se, at uh, a guy who's never done it before. He doesn't have that track record. I'm going to swing for the fences. I may whiff. I may look terrible, but I'm at least I'm, I'm, I'm going to try because the old status quo isn't good enough anymore. And I got to try and get back to where we, the, the program was five, six, seven years ago. And doing it the old-fashioned way isn't going to get you there. Okay, a couple, a, a couple of things, Dorf. Yes. Do you make a phone call to Urban Meyer just for the hell of it? Um, no, I want the. If this team was in better shape and didn't need to be rebuilt from the ground up, I would say yes. If this was Mark D'Antonio. Bouncing after the 2015 season, you know, coming off, you know, the 2016 playoff season or something like that. And Mark decided, you know what, I'm done. Yeah, I'd give him a, and Urban Meyer was unemployed. I'd give him a call. But uh, not at this point. This program is going to need to be burnt down and started over. And I don't think he would be in it for the long haul to see that through. How pissed, though, would Michigan fan be if Urban Meyer returned it was to Michigan oh, State? Oh, I, I wouldn't be upset. It's just <laughs> I, I don't think he's the, the, the perfect fit for the job. Jim Trestle. Uh, he's been out of the game too long. No thanks. Uh, Pat Narduzzi. I know no, it goes against everything you just mentioned. Okay, here's... No, it hasn't been successful enough at Pitt. Sorry. Next. Um... Oh man, I had another one here before I was going to mention this last one. I, my big, if I, if I wanted to pick somebody in the college game that I like the most, Matt Campbell from Iowa State, but he's already publicly said, you know, thanks, no thanks. Oh, uh, um, Bo Pelini. Had he not just got hired as the DC at LSU? Absolutely. Oh yeah, then I would have called him. Yep. Um. Okay, here's one. Chris Creighton. Uh, not interested. Thanks. Moving on. That's all I have. Too too old. Uh, too old for the kind of program I want to run. But at a, at a big time school. But has had you know had some has had some good success. Had some good success at Eastern Michigan. I think that's just too more of a step up for a guy. It's as mature in his career and mature in his years as Chris Creighton is. That's kind of a big leap. That I you know if. I, I don't think – I'm not interested. Maybe as an offensive coordinator, but not as a head coach. I'm hoping he doesn't leave anyway. I want him no, to stay. I, want him I, to stay I, like, I don't want him leaving Eastern Michigan either. Anyway, so that's going to do it this week for the Majors Live, episode 333 here on TMS Next Radio, themajors.net. Um, catch us again next week, same time, same place, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, right here on – themajors.net or themajorsports.com so for Dorf I am Adam saying have a good rest of the week everybody and we will see you next time bye for now